Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of We're Talking Shift, the podcast where I talk a lot of shift because I believe that when we feel stuck, when it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of shift, the process must begin with a shift in our thinking. And that is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today, I'm going to be talking about diet. And no, no, don't start rolling your eyes. I'm not talking about a food diet. I, I actually don't even believe in diets. But it's actually the most important part of any food diet, what I'm going to talk about. And it's also foundational to how you experience life. We're going to talk about your mental diet. Now, our diet normally refers to our eating lifestyle. So our mental diet refers to our thinking lifestyle, which is the patterned way that we think about things and the habitual thoughts that we entertain. You've heard the metaphor, I'm sure, that your mind is like a garden and, you know, in the garden, what you water and what you fertilize grows. So if you want a garden that produces, you know, beautiful flowers and, and, tasty produce, then you must give continual attention to it by, you know, tending to it properly, consistently giving it what it needs to flourish, pulling the weeds and ridding it of destructive elements like pests and stuff. So that's what our minds are like. The weeds and the destructive elements in the form of negative thinking must not be allowed to take root, take over and choke out all of the good and the beautiful stuff. So your mental diet really is the most important thing in your life. We are literally transformed by the renewing of our minds. So if you desire to transform your life, then it's critical that you start with your mental diet. Now, I've been a student of positive thinking and personal growth for over 35 years. I first heard the term mental diet, though, about, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago by my all-time, all-time favorite spiritual author and teacher, Emmett Fox, who actually coined the phrase mental diet and also penned the book called The Seven-Day Mental Diet back in the the, uh, 1930s, which is at the height of the Great Depression. Now, Emmett Fox, just to give you a smidgen of background, um, was born in Ireland in 1886. He died in 1951, but he was an important new thought spiritual leader of the early 20th century and actually remains one of the best known and most influential leaders of the new thought movement. He's also um, had a very large influence on the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, Fox taught that the foundation for all true productive expression was positive thinking. The technique involved having conscious awareness of our daily thought process and connectivity to God in order to realize any change or manifestation in the external environment. Now, this concept was also taught by many of our most well-known mystics, including Rumi and Jesus, uh, Buddha, Gandhi, and a lot of others from across all wisdom traditions. Now, before I go further into the specifics of the mental diet, 
I want to explain just for a second what new thought is, because even though it's quite popular, I've discovered that a lot of people actually don't recognize the term new thought. So the new thought movement is a philosophical movement which was developed in the United States in the 19th century. Now, there are six chief tenets of new thought, and they are, one, infinite intelligence, or God, is omnipotent and omnipresent. Two, spirit is the ultimate reality. Three, true human selfhood is divine. Four, divinely attuned thought is a positive force for good. Five, all disease is mental in origin. And the last one, right thinking has a healing effect. Now, divine science and religious science, those are religious movements within the new thought movement. Many of our modern-day spiritual teachers and personal growth authors are students of new thought, and they incorporate many of the tenets of new thought into their teachings, along with, of course, a variety of other spiritual teachings and traditions. Now, a few of whom you may recognize would be people such as Michael Beckwith, Wayne Dyer, Brene Brown, Byron Katie, Rhonda Byrne, she's the one that did uh, the movie The Secret. Actually, pretty much everybody in The Secret. Uh, Esther Hicks and the teachings of Abraham. Louise Hay, Gary Zukov. Uh, oh, I always mispronounce her name. I think I, I think I got it, though. Iyanla, Yanla. <laughs> I hope she doesn't hear this. Iyanla Van Zant. I think I got it. Okay, Oprah, most of her Super Soul Sunday guests. The Unity Churches are based on New Thought Spirituality. The law of attraction has its roots in new thought. In fact, long before the law of attraction became a buzzword and kind of the epic trend du jour, Emmett Fox and many of our early greatest thinkers and spiritual leaders and teachers were tuned into and teaching this law. I myself learned about it and started putting it into practice in 1987, to be exact, because that's the first year that I made my very first vision board, which is all based on that. So anyway... Just a little background for you. Now, back to our mental diet. So in 1935, Emmett Fox's book, The Seven-Day Mental Diet, is released. Emmett says, the most important of all factors in your life is the mental diet on which you live. It is the food which you furnish to your mind that determines the whole character of life. It is the thoughts you allow yourself to think, the subject's that you allow your mind to dwell upon, which make you and your surroundings what they are. The seven-day mental diet is an exercise that you do to begin training yourself to consciously choose the subjects you think about and also to consciously choose the emotional tone of those subjects. And that part is really important because it's not just about thinking positive thoughts and doing affirmations, you have to have that second piece involved. The emotional tone matters. So think about this. Your thoughts create your emotions. Thoughts include your beliefs, which basically are just deeply ingrained thoughts that you unquestioningly think over and over, and also the meaning that you apply to the things that you're thinking. I mean, we have to think to create meaning. So we start with our thoughts, how we think about those thoughts, the meaning we apply to those thoughts, 
creates our emotions. And then your emotions determine your mood. Your habitual moods create your disposition, which ultimately comprises your general character. Now, why is this important to know? And why is it maybe important to consider taking a run at becoming really great at managing your mental diet? Well, I mean, if your typical disposition is bad, if it's negative, if you're grumpy, if you're a complainer, if you are typically a cynical or judgmental person, if you uh, generally live in a state of fear, anxiety, then it's going to be really hard for you to find lasting happiness or prosperity or success in relationships. You see, the great cosmic law is that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds because thought is the real causative force in life. And that, my friends, is no longer just a spiritual concept either. It's now proven scientifically and can actually be seen by observing our brain activity and measured by the biochemical changes that occur in our bodies. So it's not just, you know, crystal gazing, airy fairy stuff, you know, woo woo stuff. It's science, my friends. So simply stated, to change conditions in your life, you must start by thinking differently about them. And that could be conditions like, like the condition of your body, your health, uh, the work you do, your daily activities, the condition of your home, the condition of your emotions, etc. So whether you'll live in a state of happiness or in a state of fear and feeling low-spirited depends completely on the mental diet that you live on. So if you want to change the way you feel about things, the way you see things or experience things, you don't need to wait for the outer conditions to change. Indeed, you actually shouldn't because when you do that, you relinquish your power to manage how you feel. No, no, you start inside. Inside is where you have ultimate power. You start by managing your mental diet. Or as I often like to say, mind your mind. Hashtag MYM. Now this means committing to train yourself in the habit of thought selection and thought control. So how do we do that? Well, yeah, how do we train our minds to develop new positive thinking habits? I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there about that. You just think positive thoughts. You say affirmations. Um, but that's a lot of times easier said than done. Emmett Fox says that the rules are simple, but they are definitely not easy to accomplish. And I that, that's true. But if you do it, these new habits promise to completely transform your life. So... Here are the rules that must be adhered to for Emmett Fox's seven-day mental diet. Rule number one, for seven consecutive days, do not allow yourself to dwell for even a moment on any negative thought. You only allow your mind to dwell on thoughts that are positive, optimistic, thoughts that are kind, you know, constructive thoughts. You must refrain from dwelling on thoughts that are negative. Now, what Fox means by negative thought is any thought of failure, of disappointment or trouble, any thoughts of criticism, of jealousy, spite, um, condemnation of others or yourself, thoughts of sickness or accident, basically any kind of limited or pessimistic thinking. 
any thought that is not positive and constructive in character, whether it concerns you or anybody else, that's a negative thought. So that's rule number one. Two, you got to understand what is meant by dwelling on a thought. So to dwell on something basically means to live there in your mind or to excessively entertain a thought or a train of thoughts. I mean, and that's, this is a very key distinction because it's inevitable that negative thoughts will come to you throughout the day. Negative thoughts about the past or fearful thoughts about the future come into our minds. Um, they just, you know, they just float in. Negative thoughts come from the news. They come from conversations with other people or watching TV from, you know, dozens of other sources. I mean, we're inundated with negativity from all over the place. But these negative thoughts that come to you don't matter as long as you don't dwell on them. You don't entertain them. Instead, you just immediately turn your attention away from them by shifting your focus to something else, something positive. And don't be too dismayed when negative thoughts make their way into your consciousness. Again, it's almost impossible for them to not do that. But here's the thing. When that happens, it's actually going to help you because because it provides you the the opportunity to discipline your mind. You you catch the thought and and then you are able to, you know, re start retraining yourself. So this discipline is what's needed to transform your life during the practice. So d don't get too down when you catch yourself, you know, getting negative thoughts that are coming just either that you're generating or coming from elsewhere. Um, they're going to, they're going to help you. And, and that's where the practice comes in. Now, when a negative thought floats into your mind, you just catch it. You delete it. I actually will tell myself out loud a lot of times when I'll, I'll find myself, you know, entertaining something and, and I'll just figure it out and go, oh, delete, delete, and then immediately replace it with positive and optimistic thoughts. And then, you know, don't worry too much about problems like, like at work or conditions that are negative that you have to handle. I mean, stuff comes up. So it might be things, problems at work or problems at home. Um, everyone has things that pop up that you have to deal with that you would consider to be a negative issue. You can still handle those types of situations at work or home without allowing them to negatively affect you. And if you're with people who are spewing negativity, you don't have to avoid them or ask them to please shut up. You can let them talk. You just don't have to accept in your mind what they say. I mean, if you're, if you know that there's somebody that, you know, is just constantly in a negative state or always spewing negativity, they're just a grumpy, ornery person, or they rub you the wrong way, and you are able to avoid them during this seven days, then, you know, you should that's probably not a bad idea. Go ahead and do that. But sometimes you can't avoid people. It might be people you work with. It might be somebody you live with. Um, so you don't have to ask them to be quiet or you don't have to go out of your way to avoid them. Um, you just practice basically kind of letting it go in one ear and out the other. You practice not accepting it in your mind. Because here's the thing. It's your mental consent that constitutes your mental diet. Make sense? All right, number three, when you start the diet, it's important that you strictly maintain the protocol for seven days in a row. 
So if you fall off the diet, even if it's like on day six, let's just say you've gone through uh, and you're a champ and you haven't thought or entertained or dwelled on one negative thing for six days and then middle of day six and something got you and you realize when it's too late that you've been dwelling on something negative. You have to drop the whole thing for a couple of days and then you start over. You, you don't get to like pick up where you left off. You got to, you just stop and give it a day or two, kind of just give your brain a break. And then you start the seven day process all over again. It's, it's really essential that you maintain seven consecutive days of dwelling only on optimistic and positive thoughts. And that's because seven days of unbroken mental discipline is what's necessary to sort of reorient the mind in a new direction and be able to maintain that direction so it like becomes your new norm. If you do this exercise just occasionally, it doesn't work because what you're trying to do is create a new habit and habits aren't formed by the things that we only do on occasion, right? It's the things that we do consistently that become habits. So if you want a new mindset, you have to train it you know, like you're building a muscle, which means repetition, consistency, consistency, and proper fuel. Now, last thing, and this really isn't a rule, but it is strongly suggested. Don't go around telling people that you're on the seven-day mental diet or that you plan to try it. Keep it to yourself. Number one, you dilute it when you do that. Some things it's good when you know you have support and you want to share it or to have people hold you accountable. But this is not one of those things. This is something you keep to yourself. Because although this is a mind training, it's also soul work. As Emmett Fox says, your soul should be the secret place of the most high. I agree. So in other words, this is, this is a private endeavor between you and your source, You know, however you want to define it. Now, if after you've done it successfully and you've made your demonstration, then go ahead and share your story with those that you think will appreciate it or may even be helped by it. That's a good idea. So there you have it. If you want to live in a happier state of mind, improve the quality of your life and feel that it's more worthwhile and meaningful, then get serious about it by committing to doing the seven-day mental diet. If you have New Year's resolutions or at, or at any time of the year you have new goals that you want to achieve, and that's even if you are actually going to try uh, a new eating diet, do this first. Do the seven-day mental diet first, and then go into your, your goal or your, or your new eating lifestyle. As I say at the beginning of every podcast, all change must begin with a change in our thinking. So shore up your mental diet and then see how your life changes for the better. So before I sign off, I'm just going to say, hey, TJ, is there anything that, uh, any questions, anything you want to add to this? Uh, absolutely. Okay. One thing that uh, I, I was sitting here sort of digesting, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about diets after all. I'm, I'm digesting the information <laughs> that you're giving me. Clever. And, um, you know, really, the, the big thing that I think um, anyone who does this needs to uh, think about is, is rule number three, and that is really sticking with it and, 
you know, if you do six days and you fall off, you, you got to start over. You got to do uh, the entire sort of procedure step by step by step. No shortcuts. And what I was thinking about, and you, you said the word over and over and over again, and that's uh, commitment. Yeah. You know, you really need to commit to this. And in the sort of uh, preamble to the rules and whatnot, you were talking about um, how, you know, many uh, spiritual leaders and in, in ideology, mm-hmm. you know, follows things l- like this. And I, I think at one point you said, uh, you know, before you start thinking it's woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is something that really spoke to me because a lot of people think that, uh, if something falls under the category of woo-woo, that it's it's not good. And it made me run a, a quick stat, or not necessarily not good, but not effective. And uh, I ran uh, over to Google, and I typed in uh, something that we're all susceptible to. And do you know what the efficiency rating, the efficiency percentage, I guess, of the placebo effect is, Lori? I believe, oh, I knew it. You got me. I want to say it's like in 70s, in the 70%. Right. Yeah. So the highest, highest uh, uh, efficiency uh, margin for uh, the placebo effect is 72%. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the lowest is 15%, which tells me, and I think tells everyone, that when we commit our mind to something, really anything is possible, even the impossible. I can give you some medication that's going to make your life better. And if you truly believe that, there's a 15 to 72 percent chance that that's going to work. Yeah. And I think and I think that goes back to kind of what you're saying with this mental diet. If you go into it and you're half hearted with it, you're not really committing to it. Maybe you, you know, don't you don't dwell on something for a day and you feel like, oh, I've done my part. I'm good. That's not going to change anything. Right. Right. But but if, if you are willing to commit to it and really give it an honest-to-goodness chance, I mean, there's a 72, uh, you know, up to 72% chance that it'll work even if it doesn't work. Well, it, you know, and there's actually, I think, even a greater chance because it's actually science, and right. thoughts are actually proven to be energy. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. like 100%. Like, if you want this to work and you make the right choices – Throw the science out. You're going to manifest it into working. Mm-hmm. Now, when you add the science to it, you go, oh, crap. It's it's at this point proven. So I think it goes back to the idea that if you are committed to making changes in your life and following the directions step by step and really giving it an honest to goodness effort, you're going to manifest it into fruition. Yeah, I agree. And this is something that is 100% under each individual's control. So you really don't have any excuses or valid reason, right. you know, as just a, a normal functioning human being as to right. why this wouldn't work. The only reason it wouldn't work is if because you make the choice not right. to let it work. Exactly. And it's something that I think we've talked about in the past. It's like if you want to make a change in your life but you don't commit to making the change – no change is going to happen. Even if you go through the motions and, you know, follow some of the steps, if you don't want to make a change, then change will not happen. You have to make that choice and stick to it. And yeah, well, the best things will happen in life, I think. Right, right. And and it's one of the reasons that this is such this is so important is because a lot of people want to make a change and again, you know, here we are this time of year. 
um, where people are thinking about all of the changes that they want to make for the coming year. And what happens is most of the effort is directed in the outer changes, the outer circumstances. So, you know, whether it's your physical fitness, your health, your diet, the things you're eating, um, you know, just other changes, it, it all, for the most part, is focused on changing outer conditions or what you're putting, what are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do physically? What are you going to eat now? What are you going to focus on? You know, what steps? But the thing is, you may have some short-term success, but if you haven't done the mental work, you you won't sustain it. That's why most resolutions fail within a couple of weeks. And that's why people even that have some success with doing things like, you know, weight loss or health, um, they only have it... Um, you know, are successful at it for a short period of time because they haven't gone in and done the mental work first. And if you don't do that, then your consciousness isn't going to be in the place it needs to be to make it a lifestyle change and be able to sustain it. That That's what I really liked when you said you were talking about New Year's resolutions and if people are going to do, you know, an, uh, an actual physical diet where they, you know, try to lose weight or just change their, their eating habits that it, it may be smart to start with this diet first because if your mind is not right, if you don't have the proper mindset and outlook on it, you're not going to make the proper changes and, and follow through uh, with the right steps. And uh, to me, I think, uh, again, you, you said it time and time again throughout you know this episode. It's, it's commitment and it's making the, the cognitive choice and decision that this is the way my life is going to be moving forward. And unless you have that, you're just going to fall into your old patterns. Right. You know, it's like it's like trying to plant a, a, a new garden on an, on an old field that no longer has any nutrients left in it in order to, you know, help it flourish and to be able to sustain and maintain the new things that you want to grow. Right. You got you know, it's like me. Like, I want to I want to lose weight. I bought a gym membership. Mm-hmm. Still got to go, though. The, <laughs> the card in my wallet doesn't make me lose weight. Yep, it's true. It's true. All right. So to quickly recap, here's the prescription, everybody. For seven days, you will not allow yourself to dwell for even a second on anything negative. And remember, I said dwell. If any negativity tries to enter your mind, don't accept it. Don't entertain it. And for God's sakes, don't dwell on it. Instead, immediately replace it with something positive and optimistic. If you fall off the wagon, take a break for a few days and then start the seven-day exercise over again. That's pretty much it. Keep it to yourself. Don't go shouting it from the rooftops. And you know what? Even if you have to start over multiple times, it's not like it's a painful process. I mean, what's wrong with starting over? Just keep doing it. And I promise you, if you do this and you keep at it, I know that you will see positive changes. In fact, I want to hear from you. So give it a try and then keep me posted. So once again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to hang out with me and TJ today. Uh, Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you found this valuable, please give me a rating and Hey, help spread this good shift around by sharing this podcast with your friends, especially the ornery ones. 
If you're trying to make some shift happen in your life, you can find out what private coaching with me is all about on lauriebischoff.com. As a personal performance coach for 11 years, I've helped lots of people shore up their mental diets and figure their shift out. My books, Common Sense, Happiness, and The Food Print Plan are also on my website, so check it out. I'd love to connect with you on any of the social media platforms, so don't be shy. Stop by and say hi. Until next week, stay feisty and go forth. Make some epic shift happen in your life. You too, Gary B. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.